Hello and welcome to another episode of Flyers High and Wide. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Jack Smith. And tonight, we have a special treat for you guys. As you all know, it's All-Star Week, so no hockey till Monday. So we've created some categories for you guys. Jack, do you want to... You want to scroll down some of these categories here for for these listeners? Yeah, I'm um, kind of excited about this. Um, didn't go the old way the NHL with the typical the typical awards. We had to have some fun with it because the season's been so uh, dismal. But sure, let's start with the first one we have uh, the midseason flyers awards and it's a category Jimmy created, which I very much like. It's called the Man's Man Award. <laughs> Now, Jimmy, uh, what is this war award based on? So we've concocted an extremely, extremely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, difficult formula of block shots and hits. <laughs> so a man's man award. Um, Robert Hag was one uh, person that we had in mind, and the second one was Radko Gudis. So I, I went and looked at some stats here, and Robert Hag has 151 hits, and 83 block shots. Radko Gudis has 148 hits, 79 block shots. But he does have a nice beard. So Radko Gudis actually gets my vote for Man's Man Award in 2018-2019. How about you, Jack? You know, Jimmy, it, it was it was very close for me. I felt like I was doing Hag a disservice not to mention him. I am going to, however, have to agree with you because this is not an award I would have given Gudis last year. And seeing his turnaround into this year to the point where he's talking about being traded at the deadline only if the Flyers get something, they get blown away, which is which is a lot better than he was last year. Something I would have, I thought he lost in his game. To see him get it back, I'm going to have to give it to him. He's been really solid this year. And he, um, you add that beard to it and the fact that he, He's a hell of a fighter, too. This is his award. There you go. Congratulations, Radko Gudis, for the Man's Man Award. Wee! <laughs> our, uh, our, our next uh, award category is the Working Hard or Hardly Working Award, uh, which is for the player with the least amount of penalty minutes, most shots, and uh, least goals. Jack, who do you got for that? This was an easy one for me. Uh, I didn't do any research. It just it just stuck out to me like a sore thumb, and that sore thumb is Shane Goss's bear. Uh, he takes plenty of shots; they just don't hit the net. You know, I mean, he has his stats are just not there. If anything, he's getting secondary assists. The goals are not there. He he has no confidence in his shot. He has the only thing he has confidence in is maybe his skating. Uh, it just shows you that when we're giving out an award this bad. Uh, you know, work working hard but hardly working, and it's one of your top defensemen. You know, that just shows you how bad the season's been going for you. So this was an easy one for me. Yeah, and and I have to agree. I also had Shane Goss's bear, so I had to laugh when we when you told me that you had him as well. So I have his average ice time is about twenty minutes per game. He's got five goals, uh, fifteen assists for twenty points, and and for most defensemen, you'd say that's not bad. Uh, he, he only has eight penalty minutes, which is, I guess, a good thing, but uh, and 114 shots on goal. So if he's got 114 shots on goal, imagine how many he has total. Uh, Shane Gossis bears a player, I think, who's underachieving uh, this year. And um, I don't want to blame it all on Shane, but he's a big, pro- a big reason why the Flyers are 
uh, four games under 500 at the break. So Shane Gossespierre, congratulations. You're the uh, first ever winner of the Working Hard or Hardly Working Award. And what do we have next? Well, next we would have um, the Participation Award. <laughs> Participation Award. Yeah. Uh, for a player who, who regularly dresses but rarely produces. Yes, at um, least for this season anyway. So, Jimmy, who, who, do you, who are you giving your uh, participation award to this year? I actually have the one and only Jory Laterra, a.k.a. the snowman, a.k.a. The snowman. <laughs> I don't know what else to call him, but he's got one goal, two assists. He averages about six, seven minutes of ice time a night, and he's pretty much been in the lineup ex- every game except for maybe five or six. Um, he's having a pretty fantastic, terrible year. Well enough to win the participation award, uh, at least on my end. Who who do you have, Jack? Well, first off, I'm Jordi Leterre. I might as well tell you this now. He did not win this award for me, but he did win the Worst Community Player of the Year Award. I thought about just calling this a criminal award. I felt that would be in bad taste. So, uh, so as far as my participation award, it's one of my favorite prospects probably ever since I got into the Flyers, really. And just I wanted this guy before he was even drafted. Ivan Provorov wins this award for me. He has an average ice time on ice time of 20, almost 20. He's just shy of 25 minutes a game. He has the most time on ice total of anybody on the team. And he's got an astounding 17 points, four goals, 13 assists, and a minus 14. I'm not big on plus minus, but – when your minus number almost matches your point production, given the amount of time you're on the ice, there's an issue. And I think that's partly the reason why the team is so bad. Yeah, I would agree. That's a huge reason. Huge reason. Huge reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there's nowhere to go but up. Um, it's a, I hate to do it to them, but, you know, they, they did it to themselves. And they really aren't being held accountable. So, it's a shame. Uh, I'm glad he's showing up and not getting hurt. I just, we need him to start doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll turn it around the second half of the year. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for, for this nice week long break is that they get a chance to reset and, you know, come out They're They're riding a hot streak. Maybe they go into the season, you know, with no expectations and maybe it's easier for them to play. Who knows? I'm but, hoping so. I mean, there's really nowhere to go, but up he's had previous success, but I was actually when, accumulating the stats to make this decision. I didn't think it would be as easy as it was, and I didn't think it'd be Provorov. So well, here's, to, yeah. here's to the next half of the season and then next season. Um, yeah. So the, the next award we have here is you were the chosen one, basically yeah. about a player that we expected big things from who did not deliver. Jimmy, who is your Darth Vader? So for for my Darth Vader, actually, you know what? We could name that a pretty good. That could be the Darth Vader Award. We could rename that. That's a good one. Yeah, there you um, go. I had Nolan Patrick, and reason being is because he was the second overall. The second overall pick, I think, is gonna it's gonna it's gonna hurt him. I think in the long run, because if you're the second overall pick, you're expected to produce. Uh, maybe my expectations were a little too high for him. Um, uh, for season totals, I expected maybe around 50, 55 points. I don't think that was too high, um, but maybe it was because he's – I don't know if he's going to come anywhere close to that. He's got nine goals, uh, eight assists through the halfway point. I think we're about 48 
48 games in. Is that right, Jack? 48, yep. 49. 48, uh, yep. So he's only got about 33, 32 games left to to hit my expectation. And so if he finishes, if he somehow finishes 2020, uh, you know, that's a successful season, I think, for Nolan Patrick from, from here on out. He's starting to pick up a little steam of late. I think he's got four goals to assist in his last three. Um, and, you know, maybe his, he, he looks a little bit more confident. He's playing with his head up a little bit more. He's playing with some pace. Um, so, yeah. But for now, he gets my You Were the Chosen One award, Nolan Patrick. How about you, Jack? Well, Jimmy, uh, we are again in agreement. And this wasn't too hard for me. And it's a shame because he's playing so much better as of late. And some really nice goals. And really had some uh, – just showed that he has – the flashes of the true talent is there. Um but yeah, I mean, you sometimes when we talk, Jimmy, I do think that you are quick to overrate certain things, at least before I am. We'll say that much. You were not wrong with Nash, Nolan Patrick. The uh, Hockey Canada like magazine names like four players to break out. You know, Jesper Pedersen, or Jesper, um, Elias Pedersen, excuse me. And uh, you know, and Nolan Patrick was named. And this is this is a Canada magazine. Hockey's their football up there, um, and you know, a lot of people were expecting him to do something and he had, he missed, uh, he's missed like seven games due to injury. Again, he was not looking off to a hot start at, at all. Could not carry that second line. And, you know, it's just a lot of it has to do with how toxic the team became, I believe. And what doesn't help is that smug attitude, like the player that would be interviewed after a game where he'd be like, a minus three with no goals, no assists, and maybe one shot, you know, would talk like he's already one of the best players in the league. And it's like the play, the player that they're that's being interviewed that I'm listening to is not the same player I see on the ice. He doesn't look confident on the ice until recently. Now he's hopefully he's coming out of this shell, uh, which would be exactly what the doctor ordered, but it was pretty easy to give out this award as well, considering what we thought we were getting like you said, second overall pick of the draft, new second line center. This is his breakout year, a full off season. We were sold on. This is his first full off season. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get faster, you know, be more integrated into the coaching system. And yeah, I mean, he's got what he's got 17 points, nine goals, eight, it's only eight assists. Like that's even guys who are having bad seasons tend to pile on some assists at least. And, you know, I'm glad he's scoring, but that's really, you take away his, last two games he's he's got what maybe 10 points on the season that's that's rough yeah you want to hear something else guess how many power play points he has on the year how many is that nice big zero oh goose egg can you like this is a guy who, who we're expecting to contribute at least on the second power play uh, maybe sprinkled in on the first power play here and there and he's got zero this is a second overall pick i understand he's 20 years old um but how, it's almost impossible for him to have zero power play points. It, it, I mean, the the whole second unit was supposed to be revitalized. And I understand, you know, they got Simmons stapled to the first one at least because, they, you know, they're showcasing him. Uh, but I wanted to see you – because know, last year, Nolan Patrick stood in for Simmons when he was hurt and did – did great so you really expected to see things but it's a total team failure across the board all the players all the coaching and you know it's definitely not going to help his stats but even at five on five there's been issues so i just hope that he's turned the corner and can keep this up and not get hurt and then go in the next season a brand new man absolutely so what's uh 
what's what's the next award on our list here? Well, I got the uh, Class Guy Award. Um, you know, Travis uh, Konechny came to mind, and this this one's pretty um, straightforward. But I'm going to go with Dale Weiss. Amidst all the negativity and, you know, the hearing of Keith Jones on the – of all the players this season that have been bad and all that, to hear, oh, Dale Weiss has to go, and he does, but still, it's kind of odd. Uh, and now he's been told to go home, not even go to the Phantoms. Uh, and I don't see how he gets traded at this point because, I mean, he might. But if you're sent down and teams can have you for free and you're not picked up, I find it hard to believe you're going to get traded soon at least. So if he's just going to sit home until the trade deadline, he's not hasn't been playing or anything like that, that's, fair, that's not good for him. And he, I really haven't heard a peep out of him. So he seemed to be much better uh, behaved this year than last. How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to pick another guy just because I don't want to pick Dale Weiss for anything. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to, to the Flyers are kind of not handling his situation the right way, I, I guess, because he could still be in the box at least. Um, or you could be sent down to the Phantoms. He doesn't have to not be playing. And um, I, if that, if it was me and, and I was playing the sport that I love, I mean, obviously making whatever he makes, $2 million a year, whatever he's making, would make it easier. Um, and, and you never know. Maybe there's reasons behind closed doors that we don't know that, that they're sitting him out. But for him to take it in stride and uh, and not really say anything bad about the club or the organization publicly, uh, I think you're right. He, he should get the Class Guy Award. Yeah, well. There you go. So he gets something. Hopefully it's the last thing he ever gets from us here in Philly. <laughs> um, so here, this, this next one, this is where we get a little creative. Um, uh, I, I kind of named this one knowing who I was going to give it to, which really isn't fair, but it needs to be said. Um, this is called the Fumble, Fart, and Fall Award. And um, based on the last word of that sentence, I think you know where I'm going with this. This is the Andrew McDonald Annual Award. He... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't wear ice skates. He wears flippers. He fumbles into his goalie constantly while uh, playing defense, quotations, quotations. Um, he sprawls out on the ice and does ice angels while trying to block passes where teams go right around him. And I guess he farts at some point as well because he's not doing much of anything else. But the team, the team brass really, for some reason, thinks he is an integral part of this team which has accomplished nothing uh add to that we gave up a second and a third add to that we signed into a six-year five million dollar a year per year contract that we're now stuck with for the rest of this season and next and has been dragging us down ever since we signed them that this was the easiest award i could ever give out can you not sense my disdain for this individual <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't, because you came up with this one. I should have known when I saw the word fall, it was automatically going to go to Andy McDonald. Yeah, I mean, who else? There's no, there's no other better flyer to give this award to, and I'm, I'm sure it's an honor for him um, to have it. So I'll, I'll give it to him as well. That's two votes for Andy McDonald for the Fumble, Fart, and Fall Award. And you know what? I think next, I mean, we could even name the award after him, the Andy McDonald Award from here on out. I think we should. It, it'd be more professional for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Andy McDonald. Uh, what, uh, what's next on the docket? Uh, this one's also uh, 
an award you give out when you have a specific player in mind, but it needs to be said as well. This is the Mr. Glass Award. And now I just feel like I'm being mean. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Michael Neuwirth brings this baby home in a landslide victory. <laughs> uh, I believe if I physically mailed it to him, it could break both of his wrists. Um, yes, I've never seen anything in the history of any sport where somebody continue. Maybe, maybe what's this? Who did the Sixers get from the Lakers? Bynum. Maybe Andrew Bynum, who just couldn't come back from this friggin' knee injury. Except for Neuvers would come back. He he would get hurt in practice. He would play a full game, do the interview, and then it would just come, the report would come out that he was hurt again. Like I just, I, his career has to be over. You cannot trust this 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 guy. You can't. You can't. You can't carry that many goals to begin with you can't play the shuffle game remember we talked at the beginning of the season at our first podcast and we were like are you really expecting michael neuverth to back up elliot and do like a 60 30 uh games share well that's 90 so no it'd be a 55 i think we said 55 30 like 50 32 something like that however it works out i'm like i'm just thinking that 30 30 starts for michael neuverth there ain't no way in hell. If he were to hit 22, I would be surprised. And I think he's played what five, six. <laughs> it's it's a joke. You can't even. He's not even going to hit. 10. I really don't. And he's been injured so with the goaltending troubles this team has had. You know, if he was a healthy goalie, he would he, he would have 30 already. But because of his own ailments, we've had we're going to break records as a team for the amount of players goalies we've brought in. And he's part of the reason. And the other part of the reason is Hackstall when he would run Elliot into the ground, Elliot being older already, and your backup is Mr. Glass. So there you go. This one, again, I am being a little bit of a bully here, and it's something we all know already. But congratulations, Michael Neuberth. Um, I God bless you wherever you go. Michael Neuberth, your body may be shattered, but your dreams don't have to be. Congratulations. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Use that as his speech. I thought about that on the fly. Thank you. Beautiful. Uh, so the next one I got, I kind of made this one up uh, pretty quickly, but um, I've been noticing this a lot lately with the frustration in the earlier parts of the season, really in December for the Flyers. Um, this is called the Cry Baby Crosby Award. Uh, this, <laughs> this goes to the, the Flyer who's mostly acted uh, like a crybaby and much like a Pittsburgh Penguin when they don't get their way. Um, last year, this award would have went to Shane Goss' Bears. He told the uh, the Flyers fans to um, F off because they wanted him to shoot. Uh, what are we thinking, right? Well, now he's shooting plenty. He just can't hit the net. Now we just want him to hit the net. But this uh-huh. year, this year the award is going to go to, and he's been playing a little bit better lately, but still, Jake Voracek. Mr. $8.25 million a year, who's barely any points behind Giroux and thank God he's got Giroux he wouldn't have the points he has in his career or on the season he used to be so good he showed flashes he's getting better but frustration starting to mount and I have my issues with Voracek mainly because of that contract but uh, he's getting aggravated with the fans now he's telling them to F off now and just the way this season has gone and the way he's played particularly he's got no he's got no leg to stand on and you've seen him take frustrating penalties you've seen him dive you know you've seen him like grab his face and dive and then he goes to the box or something he did 
And it's just, yeah, on top of all that, you're going to mouth off to the fans. You've got some big ones with the way you've played and this team has played this season. So that that's my crybaby Crosby award. Jimmy, I I, uh, I don't know if I gave you enough time, but do you have uh, another person in mind or are we in agreement? No, you pretty much hit the name on the head and you, you said everything I would have said. I'm just going to leave it at that. It was it was perfect. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't really have him in mind for that one, but as soon as I, like, thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to have to do this, so... That no, was perfect. So I'll, I'll ask you this one, Jimmy. We'll have a discussion with this last award. Uh, the LVP, who is the least valuable player on the Flyers as they stand this season? Least valuable player. Uh, I want to say Yuri Letera, but he, he already got an award. Well, I'll tell you what. You think about it. I'll tell you who this one didn't take much thought for me, and I, I think back, and I probably should have put more thought into it. But I'm going to go with Andrew McDonald. Again, when you consider how much he makes, how much he spo- supposedly means to the team, uh, the fact that he got injured to start the season, and we were hoping to see maybe Felipe Myers comes up. Maybe we'll see this or that. He miraculously comes back. He's supposed to be out six weeks, comes back in like two and a half. And uh-huh. he was absolutely terrible. It was a horrible decision. Why rush him back? Of all the players to rush back from injury, you rush him back. And it was right around the time in November where we were getting smoked by teams, really getting embarrassed. He was up to his usual antics. And for the life of me, I'll never understand why he's so important to this team. Um, As a young defenseman, I don't like that they're growing around him and his BS tendencies. Like, Apparently, he's a leader in the locker room. He's a presence, I've heard. Are you kidding me? Like, I've played hockey, and I've been around guys who can talk. And they're not jerks. They're just, like, trying to get you pumped up. But come on, guys. We can do this. We'll pick you up when you're down. But when you see them play, and they, they're absolutely atrocious. You do not take them seriously. You can't. They might be a nice guy. You might buy him a beer. But you're not going to take what they say seriously. You know, if I had a guy come over to me and say, well, what you want to do in this situation is you want to pass or you want to shoot or, you know, you want to get behind the guy or go this way. And then I go watch him fumble on the ice like it's his first time skating. Everything he just said to me is going to go right out the window. So he's been hurting this team. He hurts this team in the offseason with his, his contract. He hurts him in the locker room with his idiotic tendencies. And he hurts him on the ice with his downright mismanagement of the puck play and his fumble fart and falling. So this was an easy one for me. I'm sure there's other candidates available, but I am going to give my least valuable player to Andrew McDonald. Hey, I got to say one one more thing about AMAC. You know, whatever advice, whatever locker room presence he's providing, it must be pretty damn good for $5 million a year. I think he's got some pictures on Holgram's, you know, cheating on his wife or something weird like that because I don't see it. I It's been, what, he's signed a six-year deal, so it's been – Five, four and a half years. I've never seen him play good. Never. I've never <laughs> seen like never. He's been okay. You go into a game with Andrew McDonald, hoping he doesn't ro- blow the game for you. Like it's like the Phillies with no closer. Like all right, well just don't blow it and we're okay. Like you know, you got a five run lead. You know, and he'll he'll blow it. He'll he'll make just watching him just overskate the puck while he's looking up and have his mistakes are the most that lead to a directly to a goal. That's what yeah. I got. That's that's my main point here. His mistakes lead to a goal directly all the time, and God, I don't even know why he's still in that lineup. I think Christian Follin's better, and it's just 
it was too easy for me. And you see, I get a little, uh, I get a little heated when I talk about Andrew McDonald because anybody who defends him, it may, they make me want to cry. <laughs> you get a little passionate about AMAC. I can't. Oh, let's move on to the next. <laughs> let's move on to the next award. Sure. All right. So, uh, all right, we're gonna get some positive ones now. So this one's pretty easy. We'll discuss this, Jimmy. Who is your MVP of your Philadelphia Flyers? So. Obviously, there's there's one answer to this, okay? Um, should I go outside the box? Should I just say who it is? I'm going to go Carter Hart. Boom. He's only played, what, how many games? 10, 11, 12 games maybe? Yeah, um, something like that. He's changed the entire, uh, what's the word, atmosphere, the entire attitude of the team. Um, it, is it even fair to give him the first half – MVP award if he's only played 12 games? Probably not, but th- I understand where you're going with this. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I don't want to have the same guy for everyone because, uh, I, I mean, obviously there's only one answer. And, and I think, you know, do you want to say it, Jack? Yeah, sure. It is uh, far and away Claude Giroux. And it's more than just his point production. Uh, well, first off, when he doesn't get on the scoreboard at all, they almost guarantee lose every time. Um, he's the driving force behind this team, and he's got almost no help. And Carter Hart is the only help that he's been provided really. And the entire team has started to play better because they have stability on at the four position and in goal and everything in between is figuring themselves out. But those two players alone give them life. And, and Drew's an all situations player and he's good in all situations. Mm-hmm. He's not a crybaby. He always steps up for his team. He defends his team. Um, and I actually think he's underpaid, which helps. Uh, 8.5 million a year. Um, I think he's worth close to 10. You know, I mean, he's older, so I wouldn't sign him for that or anything, but the numbers are there. He should have been a fine, uh, 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 what the hell's name? The uh, MVP finalist for the league last year, the heart trophy, excuse me. He should have won the damn thing. I mean, there's definitely a case to be made, but like we were waiting for him to get nominated first and then we were going to make that case. So, you know, I think because of the, it's unfortunate his, uh, accomplishments get diminished because of the symbol on his chest. And that's no fault of his own. Um, yeah, but he's the, ca- he's the captain. And I always fight people who think that they should take the C off his jerk. That's crap. Like it, it just is crap. He's your captain and you will miss him when he is gone. Mark those words. And a lot of the real flyers fans, the true flyers fans understand that. Um, and yeah, with that, I'm worried for the future because I feel like we've wasted most of his career. He's 30 now, and um, I'm very fortunate to have him. Um, I just hope we can get a team built around him in time to make give him a run at the Stanley Cup. And I don't want to say he's running out of time, but they got to they got to put something together within the next three or four years. And how bad this season has been? Oof, I don't know. How old's Claude? Like 30? At 30, I think I think he turns 31. I guess I don't know. I don't know his birthday is. He'll be thirty-one going into next year, basically. Okay, so maybe he's got, we'll say tops four years left, maybe uh, three of of his prime, maybe three. Like this is just this is just you know hopeful thinking that he lasts until thirty-five, and he's I think as he can, as he is now. I think he can change his play around and you know be a contributor um, as he gets older. But, yeah, it's going to be a shame missing, you know, the 90, 100-point guy mm-hmm. when you finally get a team around him. But that's just the way it is. So, again, he's the Flyers MVP like he always is and like he deserves. Yep. 
Um, so we'll talk about the MVP. Um, how about the uh, MVP of the defense, the Norse candidate for the Flyers, Barry Ashby winner? Who, who do you got right now? Wow. So, so this one is a little bit tougher for me. Um, beginning of the year, the obvious choice would have been, I think, Ivan Provorov or, or even some people might argue Shane Gostaspare. Um, even though I'm, I'm kind of against, you know, just because a guy scores a bunch of points doesn't necessarily make him the best defenseman, even though that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the way the league's gone anymore. Um, definitely not AMAC, definitely not. I mean, some people might argue a case for Hag. Um, so I, I guess it's going to be between Travis Sanheim and Radko Gudis. And, man, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to have to go Radko Gudis here, only because the, the expectations for him before this year were so low. I think some of us even wanted him traded, um, myself included, especially after the Penguin series. I, I didn't think there was any way that he could come back and play for this team. Uh, and, and the way that he has come back and played, he's, he's played very solid, sound defense. There's, Hasn't been any really stupid mistakes. He's, he's played physical. Um, and I think he leads the team uh, in plus minus. I mean, usually, I, usually, like, I don't really care about that stat. That's like pitcher wins for baseball. But when a team is as bad as the Flyers and they have some of the, like Ivan Provorov and Shane Goss's bear guys like that are like a minus 14, whatever, to see a guy like Radko Gudis as a plus 10, I'll give him the positive. So uh, Radko Gudis is my pick for best defenseman. So midway through the year. How about you, Jack? You know, I'll be honest with you. I um, this was a pretty easy one for me, but you put up a nice defense of giving this to Gudis. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna combine the other two awards we had in because it explains basically why we both ar- arrived at our decisions for this mm-hmm. award. So, my most impo- improved player and my defensive MVP is going to be Travis Sanheim. Uh, he he's been so much better than taking the biggest step forward, maybe the only player to take a step forward from last year, um, it has been Sandheim. Everybody else has pretty much regressed. And even with Hackstall here, Sandheim has pushed forward and been deserving of more minutes, which for some goofball reason, Hackstall decided not to give him because uh, Andrew McDonald's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's taken it and run. He's, you know, he's had a two-goal game. He's stepping up in the play. He's He's – the best defenseman, defensive defenseman besides Gudis, honest, and he's got the offense. So for that reason, he's my most improved, and he's my MVP. However, or defensive MVP. However, Radko Gudis, far and away, won my bounce back year candidate. I wouldn't call that more improved. He needed a bounce back year, and my God, did he get it? And I don't even think anybody else comes close to this award because they're either rookies or they're still having a bad year. Yeah. I mean, maybe Weiss had a chance when he had those two games where he had like those shorthanded <laughs> goals, uh, but that we see that didn't last. Uh, so yeah. So Gudis has been a real pleasant surprise because I didn't see that coming. I wouldn't have traded in the off season. It's getting to the point now. And I alluded to this earlier where I'm starting to see rumors. I don't believe them, but the fact that they're being uttered by actual hockey writers that flyers won't move Gudis because he's got a year uh, next year he signed for a very reasonable deal. It's only like three and a half million unless they get blown away. And something I heard was like a, a second round pick and a prospect. I even, I swear I even heard a first round pick for Radko Gudis. That is insane <laughs> to me. That is, there's no way I would take it in a heartbeat and run. I wouldn't care. Do that. It won't happen. 
I, but the fact that that was said, like, I was like, I don't, I'm blown away. I would have, I would have taken a fifth for him in the off season just to get rid of him. And, you know, if they get some, if they get offers like that, you really got to consider it. I, I'd even consider packaging Simmons and Gutis together, you know, to like Toronto and getting one of their stud prospects or something like, you know, but it, it's been it's the fact that he's upped his value that much. Plus defense has been rare and some of the defensemen are all offensive now and the defense truly defensive defensive defensemen are, are even more rare. It's just, it's just credit to him. And on top of that, he, we gave him the uh, award for uh, a man's man and he also <laughs> deserved that. So uh, I understand why you gave him a defensive MVP and you, I, I, you made a good case. I'm going to go with Sandheim, but he did get my bounce back of the year. Uh, do you have, you don't have a different bounce back candidate do you bounce back candidate. Let me just do a quick scan of the roster here. I mean, you could, I, if I want to pick somebody different, I could go Stellars, but he got hurt again. Uh, actually, you know who's not having a bad year? Scotty Lawton. Not that he had a horrible, horrible uh, year last year. I think probably Gudis is the best candidate to pick for that. Only because of how bad he was at the second half of last year. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's a perfect bounce back. And then uh, another player uh, most improved. Do you have a different one besides Sanheim? No, I mean I would like to because they have so many young guys. We talked about Nolan Patrick, uh, most improved. They have TK that still can improve. Oscar Lindblom hasn't shown much. Uh, I mean earlier in the year, Oscar Lindblom would have gave him a run for his money, but I feel like this team needs defense more, and he's just been that much more noticeable and that much better. Yeah, I mean he went from playing uh, 11, 12 minutes a night to first line pairing time with Ivan Provorov. Yeah, I think he's a good pick for for, for uh, most improved Travis Sanheim. Okay. Um, well, the next award I have is Mister Highlight Reel. Um, I don't know if you had anybody in mind for this, but I'm going to give this, and it's mostly because recent I haven't seen the Flyers do a whole lot of crazy goals. I do remember one really nice goal from Giroux against uh, Tampa when he went around Ryan McDonough, and uh, uh, yeah, that was especially the talented players on the ice that he went around, and then a really good goalie. Um, but Nolan Patrick's been really surprising lately. He uh, had that goal between the legs. He against the uh, the Wild. He stepped up on a play, went around somebody, like completely undressed them, and then beat the goalie. Sniper shot, like you see that talent. So it's it's a tie. I won't say it's a tie. I'll give it to Nolan Patrick, but he barely edges out Giroux. And then there's like nobody after that. No, you'd think you'd think Ghost would be on that list, but not this year. Um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to give credit where credit was due. Um, those guys have that higher echelon type skill and they just, they make the game fun to watch again. And uh, Nolan Patrick especially has of late as anyway. No, I, I would agree. And, and I think we've talked about this before. This team is lacking creativity, especially down the middle. Um, and a guy like Nolan Patrick, at least for myself, I expected to, to be one of those creative guys. So for me, and maybe it's unfair, but again, with him being the number two overall pick, now he's showing that he has um, that kind of creativity in him, that kind of drive. Um, I'm going to be looking for that on a more regular basis. I'm going to be expecting it even more on a more regular basis. Um, and if I don't see it, I'm going to continue to be disappointed with Nolan Patrick. I know this is a positive award, and I kind of spun it to a negative uh, light. But, hey, I, that's angry Jim for you. I'm sorry about that. Um, 
as far as my award, I'll go with Claude Giroux, just because I don't think I picked him for anything yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's he's definitely right there. I think it was either one or the other, and only Lowen Pat Drew's been doing it for a while. Lowen yeah. Patrick just started to show uh, some flashes, and uh, you're not wrong for getting on him. We definitely expected more, but like I said earlier, hopefully this is a good sign of things to come. So at least give him that. Uh, next word I got is a breakout star. Um, Jimmy, do you have any breakout stars that you uh, you like on the Flyers this year? Anybody come to mind? Mm. <laughs> They see this. You're gonna get me angry, Jack, because they have so many guys that that they should be breaking out. I mean, they got one, two, three, four, five guys that could all, you know, they could should have. With year. the words, yeah, they should have, absolutely should have, yeah. So I mean, uh, I guess my my breakout for the first half, man, this is tough, man. Well, I'll give you mine. Go ahead. And I kind of. It's kind of uh, hypocritical of me to do this because I, I shot you down earlier, but I think it fits here. I'm going with Carter Hart. Uh, I didn't want to give him the MVP. Like you said, he's only played 12 games, but he's been a breakout star. And very nobody else was anything. You know, Maybe Stanheim, but I'm not ready to call him a star yet, where, where Carter Hart looks like he is the future. And he's got a more trying job to be the goaltender in, a, in Philly with the – crap that's been in there and he's he's literally turned the entire team around confidence wise you know just record wise they've been much better you know, even with a new head coach and he it's early it's too early to call him a star but he has definitely broken out and turned some heads and got interest back in this team much like Shane Goss's bear did when he was brought up from the Phantoms that first year so uh, that's what I see that kind of excitement and that kind of positive spin finally put on this team this season, which has been a dark mass, you know? So it's really, it's really good to see that. I think he needed to get some kind of award. And this is what I fell on. No, you're absolutely right. And I was scanning the frigging roster and I'm like, Oh my God, Carter Hart, you're right. He'd have been the perfect candidate for this. So yeah, I mean, when's the last time the flyers were four games under 500 and everyone, you know, had a, uh, everyone was excited to go to a game, you know, as to watch. The f- when was the last time any, any flyer fan was excited to go watch a goalie? You know, you don't see too many goalie jerseys walking around here. Jimmy, um, I don't think we were alive. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, perfect candidate for, for breakout star Carter Hart. I don't know how I could have missed that. Sorry, Carter. I kind of put you on the spot, Jimmy. It's all right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you. I, I like though. You were quick to give him the MVP, so we know you just weren't thinking. You would have definitely given it to him. I'm over here looking at this piss poor roster. Everyone underachieving, and freaking Carter Hart's staring me in the face. Yeah, see, he's down at the bottom with the other goalies. Yeah. <laughs> so the final award that I have, and this one, this one is my might be one of my favorites. It's truly an amazing accomplishment. Uh, those of you, I hope you have watched the uh, Bear Grill. I can't remember the name of the show, the Survivor Show where he gets dropped off in the wilderness and just does whatever he's got to do to survive. And he's amazing at it. Climb Mount Everest like eight times. Uh, the Bear Grill Award for Best Survivor goes to Ian LaPerriere. I had to go with the coaching staff member here. Uh, for somebody who has done pretty much nothing but just be the good cop on the team, uh, had the worst penalty kill over the last four years, slowly declined until they were the worst, and kept him anyway. And even now, with them playing better, there's two things I see. They're more aggressive, which is a Scott Gordon thing. That's how the fans played. And Carter Hart has 
provided much more solid goaltending to say the least. And when your best penalty killer needs to be your goalie goes a long way. They're still not good. They're better, but he should have been let go a long time ago. And for that, he still, he is truly a survivor and there he, therefore he gets the bear grill award. Yeah. Uh, good pick. I, I don't think there's anybody else for that award. Um, I mean, maybe we could go with AMAC, but we, we know why he's here because he's making $5 million a year for over six years. But Ian LaPerriere, I mean, they don't have to trade him. They don't have to cut him. They, they just fire him. Well, 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 I mean, Hack w- could have been a candidate for this, but he didn't make it to the midseason. Uh, and Knobloch, um, they're, uh, this guy they just really love and think he's going to be a head coach has been put in charge of the power play, which has d- d- done nothing but decline. It used to be our bread and butter, and now it's, it's nothing. So, but yes, I do think this award was tailor made for uh, Ian LaPerriere. Yeah. So that's it. Those are all my mid season flyer awards. How do you think we did, Jim? I think we did pretty damn good. I hope everyone else enjoyed it as much as we did. I had fun, man. That was pretty funny. Absolutely. It was a blast to make. And some of them were just tailor made for certain players. <laughs> they sure were. They absolutely were, actually. Um, Hang on, let me X out of here. We were at about 40 minutes, Jack. We um, Did you want to go over a couple prospects before we wrap up? Oh, you know what? You had a topic you wanted to talk about. We'll see if we get to the prospects. Uh, you wanted to talk Dave Hackstall compared to Scott Gordon. Um, so I'll, I'll let you get into that. Go ahead. So what, it's been like 15 games since, uh, since he was fired and uh, Gordon took over. And, you know, there was a nice piece in The Athletic by Charlie O'Connor. Uh, and I was interested because I've hated Dave Haxall since like the 10 game losing streak last year. And it, if they let him go, they could have went after a guy like Barry Trotz and you see how the Islanders are doing this year with oh, no God. talent. Well, I shouldn't say that, but you get what I'm getting at. I mean, uh, they lost the best player. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and his, his just piss poor management and, odd lineups and not playing of better players and leaning on Andrew McDonald for everything. It's just absolutely mind boggling. Um, so since the, you know, it, the team was in a very dark place when uh, he was let go and Scott Gordon came in, Carter Hart came up and there was seemed to be to breathe a little bit of life into him. They had like a two game winning streak, lost one, 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 then they started losing again. And I thought they were going to revert back into that, but it seems that the message, at least for this season is getting through a little bit. Uh, they are – what is their record since they got oh, – I just deleted the damn thing. So I, I believe they're just above or just below 500 under Scott Gordon since he's, um, since he's been here. Uh, but record aside, the team doesn't look as nearly as depressed. They look like there's more urgency. They back check. A lot of this does have to do with Carter Hart. That being said – Dave Haxtell wouldn't talk on the bench. He looked like he said, apparently he said everything he had to say in the locker room and would just look out and look stupid. Even when the referees would call asinine calls, he would just let him walk right over him like a joke. Um, Scott Gordon came from the Islanders, was a fan of his head coach, led them to uh, a couple of nice uh, AHL playoff berths, uh, even a Eastern Conference Finals last year. And uh, I just, I like seeing him constantly chirping. Like the message is getting through and he gives players credit. I believe he told JVR and him had a discussion why JVR was moved to the fourth line 
And he flat out told him he didn't hide anything back. He said, this is my expectations are for you are this, this, and this. And JVR's looked like a much better, better player since that conversation. And he even credits Scott Gordon for that. So some of the stats I saw was their even strength. Uh, their even strength scoring was still better under Hackstall, although give it a much larger sample size with Hackstall. But their special teams has been worlds better under Scott Scott Gordon, and that was one of our biggest, biggest concerns. Uh, the only thing is I don't want to give him full credit. you got to give um, Carter Hart some credit. But um, I don't know. what Do you see a difference in the team and the way they're playing, Jimmy? Uh, you know, about a week ago, I, I wouldn't have said yes. I, I mean, it's been since, – since Scott Gordon took over, it's kind of been like a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, they won three out of four when he first came in. And proceeded to lose their next seven, uh, and now they're, they've won four out of the last five. What I can see, like you stated already, what I do see from Scott Gordon is he seems to be talking to the players a, a lot more consistently throughout the game, um, and I, I think that's important to do with younger guys. Uh, it's important to coach up the younger guys. That's, I mean, that was the whole point of bringing in a college coach, If I think, right, was because you're going to have the young team. You're going to have these young guys coming up. They need to be coached up. They need to be talked to like their kids. But then again, there's there's the other side of the coin where this is a professional hockey team. These kids are playing for a professional hockey team against men. They need to be treated like there, there needs to be a balance. And what I'm saying is I think uh, having a guy like Scott Gordon in there, I think he brings that balance because he had the NHL experience already. And he's been down with the kids for, for a couple of years now, but I think three or four years with the Phantoms. Um, so he has some familiarity. Uh, he knows which buttons to press with certain guys. Um, and, and it seems to be, they seem to be responding a little bit. Um, it's, I mean, anybody's better than Dave Haxtell. If you ask me, I can't remember the last time the Flyers ever had a coach where he just stood behind the bench. Like it was like, dude, please get mad. Please get angry. Something, just do something. Um, and, and yes, yeah, so anybody's better than Dave Haxtell. I like what I'm seeing from Gordon so far. Um, he has the, the guys playing. They seem to be scoring a little bit now. Uh, they have five, four, seven uh, goals in their last three games. The only thing I would like to see from them now, and, and you know, we have half of a season left, is to just bring it together a little bit more defensively. Uh, but, you know, that'll come over time. I don't want to get too much into that. O- overall, I like what I'm seeing from Scott Gordon. I, I imagine he'll finish out the season. Um, in, in, maybe next year they bring him back as an assistant coach or something on the bench, um, hopefully assisting Quenville. Um, but I think he's done okay so far, given his circumstance. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I would love to have him back in some capacity. I, however, I think if Quenville and I would love Quenville, if he comes in, he's going to want to name his own staff and to ask Gordon, go back to the Phantoms. Probably unlikely. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Knobloch ended up there. Although whoever they got there now, I forget his name, but he's doing pretty well. Um, just a couple of stats uh, in 31 games this year. Dave, ha- Dave Haxel was 12, 15 and four and Scott Gordon in 17 games is seven, eight and two. So it's, slightly better but when you take in the fact that this team was in a very bad place um i just i have to you know i'm giving the edge to gordon it's small sample size like i said we'll have to see how they uh finish up but i i just i like what i the tendencies i see i like how he talks to the players 
Um, I like how they're more aggressive on the penalty kill because it's showing it's worked. It works against the Flyers, you know. So, you know, I wanted to see their, their power play needs to pick it up. Uh, but they're on a roll right now. Actually, it actually is a shame they had the uh, all-star break and had this whole week off because they, it's going to, you know, they're going to co- probably come back out a little sluggish. Um, so, we'll, you know, they're not, it won't be as hot as they had the whole week off, but we'll see. Um, not a bad start given how bad the team was. So, I mean, like you said, everything's better than Hackstall. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that's that. <laughs> Do you want to talk some prospects? We could uh we could throw one or two out there. Let me see who we got here. So, I mean the obvious top prospects I think are are Phil Myers, Morgan Frost, uh, Farabee, Ratcliffe, and then it gets kind of dicey I think after the top four. Um, it, I had a guy in my top five you may not expect, um, just because we haven't heard a lot from him this year and for good reason. Um, but I'll throw the name out there. Yeah, I actually have Jermaine. Uh, Group solve it as number four on my prospect list. What are your thoughts about uh, that? No, it's not th- number four. You said, yeah, I have him. He's a twenty-year-old, uh, six foot, one eighty-five, first-round pick, two thousand and six. Uh, he started this year with the Phantoms. Uh, Fourteen games played, six goals, four assists, ten points. Uh, as everybody knows, he sustained a season-ending uh, shoulder injury uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but he looked like he was ready to, to break out. I mean, 10 points in 14 games in your first professional season. No, I actually completely agree with you. He's number six on my list. Uh, and he would have been lower if he, if he just wasn't looked like he was about to break out. He was really picking it up and really looking good. Uh, he definitely had a, a long learning curve because playing in the KHL, barely getting playing time coming over to in juniors. I forget who, what junior team he played for, but he kind of took off, but, Injuries have riddled him, and it's definitely hurt his development a bit. Uh, looked like he was a lost soul last year. Comes in this year with the Phantoms, was, you know, nothing impressive. And then, like you said, started to take off. So maybe he's putting it together, seizing an ending injury. Like, oh, man, like <laughs> just when you think you got something. So, yeah, if it wasn't for that little spurt he had of, you know, brilliance, I he probably would be like 10th on my list here. So, I uh, I'm glad I'm glad though I'm I'm glad that you know I agree with you we have him right in the same area and he is a former first round pick and um, you know we say we well but Hextall but Hextall could draft and I I trust Hextall here so give him time see what happens you know over Bacon if you have to you got plenty of other guys you can give spots to in the meantime but yeah no I like I like him I hope he can pick it back up and we'll, we'll see what we got next year uh, for sure anybody else you wanted to throw out there uh. Let me see here. So, I don't want to throw out a guy I really don't know much about. Okay. Uh, I'll throw somebody out there that I'm not that crazy about. Uh, it may surprise some guys. He actually had a quick stint on the Flyers this year. Maybe I gave him away. But uh, Misha Vorobiev, he's 22 years old, six foot two, two ten pound frame, fourth round pick in 2015. He's currently with the Phantoms. Uh, he's played 30 games, five goals, 13 assists, but 18 points for the Phantoms. Uh, with the Flyers this year, he had seven games. Uh, you probably remember his first goal. You may not, just because it was the, the, probably the weirdest first goal ever. Yeah. And one assist. Um, so Misha Vrobiev, I have him at number nine on my list. Um, he's kind of underwhelming. A lot of people – I mean, if it's – for me, I, and I spoke with uh, – Dan, the Flyer fan on 
what, what's today, Thursday, Tuesday. He, he had a different perspective on Vorobiev. So he said that he was kind of set up to fail, and not on purpose, but only because they had him playing on top lines in the preseason. And then once the season started, they kind of put him on the third and fourth. Um, I, don't, I don't see Vorobiev as a top-line guy, personally. Uh, I see him as a, a third or fourth. I honestly don't think he has a future on the Flyers, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't surprise to see him involved in some kind of a trade, if possible. Um, but, yeah, I'm not ex- – he, he actually dropped down uh, about four spots on, on, my, on my inaugural prospect list. So he shows up at number nine. What do you think about Robio? Jeff? Well, apparently something similar because he's number nine on my list as well. I mean, <laughs> I think he's got a moderate shot at being a bottom six forward which usually that means so he might hang for a year or two. And ultimately, I think he could end up being a replacement-level player. Uh, I understand what uh, Dan was saying um, by playing on top line, but I I do feel like it's good that he was productive with top-line players, but most guys are going to have better stats playing with top-line players. What what, uh, concerns me is he had like two or three good games, had that goal, uh, and then completely fell off the map. Uh, was sent down and didn't do anything to deserve to even be considered being called back up. And that's what makes me think that he might not make the Flyers. I think he'll be up here in some capacity, but I don't see him making the team out of training camp. I see him being an injury call-up and maybe sticking around. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, We'll see. I'm being a little harsh, um, but we have a lot of prospects. That's part of the problem as well. And there's a lot yeah, of yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of guys I want to see. Like you're gonna you're gonna talk be talking about everybody wants to see Frost next year. You know, uh, there's a guy we'll talk about in the future. Wade Allison, people are gonna want to see. Uh, Rupstoff when he's healthy. Isaac Radcliffe is making a push. Uh, Farabee looks pretty good. You know, and there's there's even more guys I'm not even thinking about. Like Ob Kubel's got to come up. You know, he's got to. We want to see him. And I'm sure I'm missing like three or four other guys. So. It's going to be tough to really stand apart from all those guys, especially when you weren't a high draft pick and the guys they did use their big-time uh, assets on, first-round picks on. They're going to want to see them over you simply because of that, because of that, because they think they have more skill, and they probably do. So it's going to be tough. Uh, if he was going to stick, it would have been this year, and the fact that he only got, what, like eight, nine games? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like the guy. I'd like to see him exceed, uh, succeed, obviously, but – he just hasn't shown anything to get come back up. So I say he'll be a bottom six player in the NHL. Probably not for this team. It probably won't be allowed around very long. No, I agree a hundred percent. I, I kind of see him as one of those, uh, you know, like who was it? Andreas Nodal type player that kind of, no, I thought, yeah, I thought a... like, uh, and, I mean, he's a different style of player, but kind of like how Atkinson, Jason Atkinson came up. And then he got shipped around, didn't really hang, and then he was gone. He's a different style of player right. than that, and he's a center. But I just see his career having a similar, you know, cup of coffee here, cup of coffee there. I'm going to spend the rest of my career in the AHL. Right. And I'm exactly. gonna, or I'll go back to the KHL or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I mean, I, still, I don't want to – he's number nine on the list, so I, I don't want to – write him off completely but part of the reason he's even in my top 10 is because he made the team out of camp so i'm not ready to write him off yet but he's got a lot of work to do yeah for sure i have guys on here that i hope that i hope pass i mean i want him to be a good player i don't wish that Vobia is not good 
But I, there's just guys below them that I'm more excited for and that I hope pass them sooner than later. Yeah. Because they do well, not because he does bad. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I like talking prospects. You still there, Jack? You hear me? I hear you. Well, I think I lost Jimmy, but that's okay because we're at the 56-minute mark. And with that, we're going to have to say uh, goodbye to Flyers High and Wide Radio uh, this, this week. Sorry about that, guys. Don't know what happened there, but I lost Jimmy, so we'll just wrap up the show. Um, I am Flyers Jack, and you can reach me. Uh, my Twitter handle is Jack underscore FHW. Uh, also, Jim can be reached on Twitter as well, Jim underscore FHW. And um, don't forget to tune into his uh, Sunday podcast, the Angry Jim podcast. Uh, it'll be on this week with Kevin Fourier think that's how you say it where they discuss all sorts of things and get different perspectives on their thoughts on the flyers so be sure to check us out like favorite subscribe and we'll see you next time